this morning as I uh, was, I'd already prepared on a different idea that I wanted to work with, and it just seemed like the Lord wasn't necessarily in that message. And I was thinking about the one true God. And so it's amazing what you're, some of the best sermons I've ever had are preached in my sleep. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I tell people is that just because I preach in my sleep doesn't mean that it's meant for you all, it's meant for me. But the one thought that came to me more than anything was found in Revelation chapter 22. And I'd like for you to take your Bibles and let's turn there this morning. Daniel chapter 22. And the thing that I find that is so interesting... Yes. Revelation chapter... What did I say, Daniel? All right, Revelation chapter 22. I'll get there in just a minute. Thank you. And Well, that's one mistake today. I used to have a lady that was in church. She said, you know how many mistakes I made? I said, how many did I get right? And uh, I said, it's probably a lot easier to go ahead and figure out how many things I got right over uh, how many mistakes I made. But in Revelation chapter 22, verse 1, it says this, and, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb. And believe it or not, I want to stop there just for a second. Believe it or not, what interrupted my thinking as I was looking at this was in Japan, there are sewer streams that are so clear because of the koi they have in them. That's clear water. Now, I'm not going to drink from it. I have no plans on drinking from it, but I thought, how amazing is that, that even the refuge that would occur would be there would be a clear and beautiful stream. But anyway, I, I go... I'm, I stop for a moment. And in verse 2 it says, In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was a tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the, the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more birds, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and the servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And, there, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These things are the faithful and true. The Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto us his servants the things which must surely be done. Behold, I am come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. So those are the verses that I began to look at, and, and I kept thinking about the tree of life. And I don't know about you, but uh, it says that there are 12 manners of fruit. Now, I've tried to figure this out, and this was supposedly for the healing, uh, the, the healing fruit, as well as the leaves of that tree are for the healing of the nations. Well, I know we have nuts of different sorts. We have bananas that are different sorts. We have, which comes from a different kind of tree. We have grapes which come from the vine tree. And the more I look at it, the more I'm thinking, well, what kind of fruits are what? But here is a tree in the midst of the garden that's going to be, you know, the fruits that are going to give a, a life all, all to its own. And then we have these words for the healing of the nations. And I thought, well, why do I need to be healed? This was the thing that really perplexed me as I began to study this today. And I, and I began to lean heavily upon the things of God and to struggle with the things that are written, even from his word. Well, I think there is what we call something lost in translation. I don't know how many of you know this, but 
when we go from the Hebrew, which had multiple ways of saying the word love, and Greek, which has the multiple ways of saying love, to English, which has a single way of saying the word love, we begin to see a, a breaking down of sorts of, of that application. And the thing that really got me is that there's a different word that it applies to this, and it was an understanding that occurred back in the days when our Bible was written that we don't have today. And that is the word for healing. And I want you to think about this for a moment as we're going to be getting into this today. But overall, what I want us to think about is what does God want? Today's title is One God. And I know it sounds like an interesting place for us to step off and to begin today, but I want us to consider just how one God applies to all between the and the rest of the world. And I, as, we, as we begin on this today, we may have to do a little bit of a character study or a little bit of a uh, word study, but that's okay. That's what we are here for. And I'll try not to keep your appetites too sweltering as you smell the good food as it's being prepared for us right now. But we want to go ahead and begin by going to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to ask him to bless and guide today. Thank you again, Lord, for your mercies. And Lord, I know the direction I would like for this message to take. Lord, I believe that you have a purpose in everything, and everything has a purpose. Lord, with my last breath, let me preach the Word of God in such a way that others will be blessed to hear the message that is given, and then we might know the truth that is therein as well. Help us, dear Father, to grab the meaning of this word, to not only take it, but to hide it in our hearts, to know the truth of it, and to be excited for the things that you give, a, give to us today. Lord, there are so many things that I don't understand. And so what little I do, let me be careful to proclaim it, and Lord, learn the other materials that I don't know, that I might be able to proclaim it with such confidence as well. Help me in my studies. Help me, Father, in the, the needs of this church. Help me to preach the Word of God so that the, the life that you give me as pastor, the life that you have for me until your return or until you bring me home by death, Lord, that I might understand that all of these things are for the good that only you can bring. So help us, dear Father, to understand. Help us, dear Father, to grasp. Help us to embrace the truth. And lead us and bless and protect us now. And we will rejoice in your name, for it's in Christ we pray. Amen. I was thinking about this today as I read the Bible. And you know, the Bible teaches us that we are to draw nigh to God. When Whenever we draw nigh to God, I wonder how many of us understand that the great aspect of it means that I have to draw nigh not only to God the Father, but to God the Son, and to God the Holy Spirit. In essence, we draw nigh to God. Yesterday as we were, you know, I, I love going over and we were picking some beans over in Greg's property, and, and I'll show you just how God was with us. As we were picking the beans yesterday, it was already starting to feel the heat a little bit. And there was a few little sprinkles that, that occurred. And I, and I told Greg, I said, man, this, this is pretty nice. At least we have a little bit of overcast sky and it's not sweltering hot like it's been the last few days. And not only that, but after we finished picking all the vegetables and everything out of the garden, 
which this is an advertisement. There's some in the hallway there for you all. And uh, not only that, but there was uh, those vegetables that we got to enjoy as well. But then we put a roll of hay out for the cattle that Greg wanted to get out there and make sure they had a little bit more. And, and uh, it's funny, watch cattle. They'll never go into uh, the barn unless you, you know, give them a reason to go in. And then suddenly we couldn't get them out of the barn, okay? But then we put air in the tires of the tractor and finished putting everything away and got all the things hooked up. I got up my laundry, my shower done, everything. And then came the rain. And it's amazing to me that, that God would see fit to allow us to get some of the things that need to be done, and he held off the rain. When I wrote down on the board that we ought to be thankful, or one of the blessings, the timely rain is one, the ample sunshine is the other, the harvest that we have should be another, and so on and so forth, especially the food that we eat. But I thought about this for a moment. Why is it that there are things that are written in the book of Revelation that I don't completely comprehend right now? Why do I need the tree, the, the 12 fruits of the trees that are supposed to be for the healing of the nations? And as I began to look at that, I thought, Lord, I, I don't understand. It, it's one to where it literally causes me to think about why these things are there. When we go back in and we begin to see the, the tree of life as it was first given, we find it in the book of Genesis. And I remember this that as I was studying, how that I, I struggled with certain things that preachers would say. And one of the things that was stated was the, the Ark of the Covenant. Where is it? And one of the men stated to me, goes, the true Ark of the Covenant is with God. I said, you know what, you're absolutely right. I didn't see it that way. I thought, surely that thing's going to be here upon the earth. I mean, after all, they made a movie about it. And it was called The Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know how many of you ever saw that movie or not, but that's where that was all about. I know that's probably one of Randy's favorite movies in it. Anyway, but, you know, that's one of those things that we take a look at. The other one that I find that was interesting is the tree of life. Why is it that God would see fit to have it removed off the earth and replanted in heavenly places and there's only one of them and yet it has such tremendous benefit for anyone? Can you imagine the size of that tree? Can you imagine the ampleness of that tree to be able to provide fruits for every one of us? And yet, when we think about it from the book of Genesis, we see so many things that are there for us. Let's turn, if you will, hold your place here, and let's go back to the book of Genesis, and let's go to chapter 3. And in chapter 3 of the book of Genesis, we find that we've, we see how that God protected Adam and Eve from the course of this tree. And this made me think about one of the things that was there that was given to me many years ago as a question that this lady brought to me. And, you know, she was struggling over sovereign grace. She goes, I know God is sovereign. I know that God has made all things possible and he planned it before the foundations of the world. My biggest struggle that I find today is the struggle of how... And I said, let me ask you one question. I said, if God she goes, well, I don't know. I said, no, no, no. I said, that's a legitimate question. I said, if all
the answer is you would. How many of Verse 17, thou shalt surely die. And so that tree was there. And we see how. This one lady made this statement. She goes, I don't know if I believe it's And I said, Why would you I said, so if there was She said, well, that's impossible. I said, I'm glad you agree. I said, hermeneutics has already proved that you don't know anything. But still, as I begin to look at it, the question that comes out in everyone's mind is, Is God making
he can show variance, he can show hatred, and he knows how to control it. He can show anger, and he knows how to control it. He can show love, and he knows how to control it. Most of us have no idea how to control these things. But the reality is, man I don't want you to think about that. And so, in order to keep man from living in his sins. Now, think about that. So, I told this lady. us to doubt everything that's in the Word of God. When I read this over here in Revelation chapter 22, and the first thing that came to my mind was the leaves and the trees and the it's in the Koine Greek. And in the Koine Greek, the word Therapua. We get the word therapeutic from it. It's the Greek therapeutic. And if you ever go back baths, or the soothing baths over there. I've had people that they'll talk about going to mineral springs. I've never been in one. And they said, it is just so comforting to have all those minerals with over you. I'm going, okay, well, to each his own. And I've had people go to hot springs and they'll talk about, oh, it's so wonderful to be in a hot springs. You feel like a million bucks when you're, I've never been in a hot springs. I'll have to take your word for it. But the reality is, there's something very therapeutic and very caring about it. Now, let's put it this way. Give me, on a really scorching day, a cold, ice cold glass of lemonade. You ever had it? Or even cold, just the perfect chill of water, and you're drinking that down. Tell me that's not refreshing. How many of you have ever, yeah, I'm not talking about chestnuts roasting. I've never had a roasted chestnut in my life, and yet people sing about it all the time. But I've had popcorn, and the reality is, is that I don't know what the fruits are. You know, I, I just enjoy a good banana from time to time. And that is a fruit. I love strawberries. But I even stole a tomato and ate a tomato right out of his garden. How many of you have ever had a turnip out of, the, out of the garden, right? Fresh turnip that is out of there. A fresh potato. Do you want The more I begin to study this, the more I realize that there are things that we are going to experience in eternity that we still cannot grasp in our minds. And part of that is we're going to be able to dwell with God. God the Father.
true. And when we is gone. What does that mean when the curse is gone? I, I, I will have greater vision, greater understanding, greater heart. I'm going to I'm going to listen to music that is godly and not look at the person that's singing it. I'm, I can tell you that there's been a number of times that I've sung a song and I forgot the words halfway through. I have. There's been messages that I have prepared and then I struggle to complete it. I won't have that problem anymore when I arrive in heavenly places. The reality is, is that if I want to understand God, I have to understand who He is and every aspect about Him. So let's stop here for a second. No more curse. And I want us to think upon the one thing that really defines who God is. Let's turn, if you will, to 1 John chapter 4. And most of you already know where I'm going to with this. 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to go down to verse 7, and we're going to read verses 7 and 8. Well, let's go ahead and read verse 6, just so that you can see this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 6. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us, and the spirit of error. Now, here's the thing. I want you to know the truth. This is the area that every pastor should have to be able to expound the truth. Beloved, let us love. Now, how many times have I heard a sermon preached where someone wants to trip up on that word love? They don't understand it. They want to wrap up their mind One of the things that I, I remember door knocking when I was in Jackson many years ago, and this lady goes, I'm a Christian. I was born on Christmas Day. I went, well, congratulations. 
she thought that was the best thing that ever happened to her. And I said, ma'am, I said, you could be born on Thanksgiving, the 4th of July, and any one other days, but unless you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're going to bust hell wide open. And she slammed the door in my face. I don't get it. Notice what it does say in verse 8. He that loveth not. Do you realize that you all know if I love you or not? You know if anyone here puts on a plastic glove. Have you ever been around someone that puts on a plastic glove? You know that it's not real. And do you realize that that is the first measure of the truth of God? He that loveth not knoweth not God because God is love. And I added the word God because. When I go back and I read John 3.16, I stand amazed at John 3.16. And the reason I stand amazed is because the purity of God is shown that he gave into this wicked, dying world, a world that was one called Jesus. Do you realize that God not only named John the Baptist, but he also named Jesus who would become the Christ. The name Jesus means Jehovah saves. And do you know that when Jesus Christ came and was upon this earth, and when he came to be in existence, there in laying in a manger was the hope of all eternity. Now, not in that existence. He had to raise that he was the Messiah, that he is the Christ. She said, well, he never announced that he was Messiah. What did he say to the Samaritan woman? He who standeth before you am he. John chapter 10 and I, every time I read the gospel of John chapter 10 it makes me want to shout and no I'm not talking about this song but I want you to look at this in John chapter 10 let's go down to verse 9 and look what it says about Jesus Christ I almost brought down my uh, my shepherd's staff today so that you could see what it was like but it, it was for another time Jesus said in verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Now, he is the door. In other words, what, you, what most people don't realize is they would have this stone pen that was wrapped around, and there was one little area one that the sheep had to enter through. And normally, the shepherd would hold the rock to make sure that all the sheep passed through. And then to make sure that everything was safe, he would, he would set in that opening. He would give up. He would stay right there to the very end. Get this. He said, I am the door. I am the one that protects my sheep. We'll go down to verse 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to destroy. I And no, 
verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life. He is the great shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. You want to talk about a Bible study? Go look at the shepherdships of Christ. And he is not done with me yet. But he that is a hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf cometh, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf scattereth them, and scattereth the sheep. Not David. Oh no, David was given a responsibility, and he killed to protect the sheep. The hiring of flee is because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I have known of me, of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. That is the greatest example. He promised that he was going to lay down his life for me. That's the power of God. But what's this? Another sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them I must also bring. How can a dead man bring anyone to the fold? He can't. How many of you ever saw that before? He speaks of his own death. And then he says, but I'm going to bring others to me. You know how that's going to occur? In death, he shows us the life that was in him. He shows the the says, Them also I must bring, that they shall hear my voice, and they shall be in one fold, be one fold, and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my this last week. How did I remember the death of my own grandfather? And I'm going, get up! Get up! life had already been expended from him. But if my grandfather was able to come back, he goes, I don't know why you brought me here, because I was having the time of my life there. And the saints of God sent me a picture, and uh, he's learning how to play the cello. And I looked at him and went, Tony? He's starting to get a little bit of noble gray in his hair. It comes with age. It comes with kids. <laughs> I tell this to people all the time. You can tell how, how, how my kids are treating me by the grayness of my hair. But the reality, yeah, same thing here, brother. But the reality is, is that how much of a joy I have because Christ has allowed me to see the glory. Look what else it says. No man taketh it. No man could have Jesus Christ. When Jesus was in the garden, I love this about John chapter 18, when he asked, Who do you seek? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. And as soon as he said it, what It was his time. And when they gained composure and were able to stand back up again, he said, Now whom are you seeking? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you I'm he. And if I am he right now, I must die for them. I must give my life for them. 
So no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself and have power to lay it down. I have the power to lay down my life. I have the power to take my life, but I don't have the power to lay down my life. Do you realize that when Jesus was upon the cross of Calvary, he was in complete control? Look at the seven sayings of the Savior on the cross. There was that control mechanism to where he not only said it is finished at the end, but even at the appropriate time when he cried out, My He was in the darkness and the demons were having their way with him. God had to forsake him for that moment. God had to, to fulfill all scripture because he had to die alone. But he died for me. One of my great movies that are out there comes from the book, The Chronicles of Narnia. One of my favorite parts is the death of Aslan, the lion. My favorite is when he came back to life. I have a picture up in my office of a lamb and a lion lying together. He is the lamb of God. He is the lion of Judah. And in that same picture is this proud lion and those great big paws as they were going across the land. And there are the nail prints in the lion's head. And there is the crown upon his head dead no more but alive forevermore and do you realize in verse 18 it goes I laid down my life but here's even better I, I have the power to take it again I serve a risen savior he's in this world today I know Isn't that the truth? I know that he lives in me. He is alive. And not only that, there's a commandment that he receives of the Father. When I understand the power of one God, I understand that in love, God the Father sent the Son. In love, God the Father allowed the Son to die. In love, God said, my Son has died for those that he is going to redeem. And in love, I'm going to give him the power to come back to life. Isn't that great? What did Jesus say? At what time did Jesus say? Because the will of him who sent me. I did it because God sent me. And not only has God sent me to declare righteousness, but then he's going to draw those that will receive him. God does that. And here's the thing. I love this. I want you to get this. And I, I know time is slipping away, but it, it's worthwhile. Let's go to John chapter 16. And I want you to see this in verse 13. So God the Father sent the Son. The Son did all the work that was required of Him. And in verse 13, how be it when He, the Spirit of truth, has come. This is the measure. This is the measure. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. You know what scares me? Going to churches, or so-called churches, and they want to sit and speak all the time of Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. 
They only want to dwell on the Holy Spirit. But why has the Holy Spirit come? The Holy Spirit comes to tell the world of Christ. That is the measure of what it says. He shall guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall show it unto you. You know, there's so much that all I have to do is say, show me thy word. Oh, of God is this, we pray to the Father because the Son has given us permission and the Holy Spirit will fulfill it. Woo! That's pretty heavy, isn't it? That's the power of God. Oh, there's so much more I would love to go into, but we're going to stop right here and let us be able to see where we need to go. But let me just say this to you. The power of God is one. One God. We're going to get into the Trinity. Lord's willing, the next time we're together, we're going to get into so much more. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you have a mixed idea who Jesus Christ is, or God the Father is, or the Holy Spirit is, maybe you're even like the, the occults of the world that can say, I don't understand how there can be three in one. The reality is, only God can give you a clarity of understanding. And I believe I know it. I wish I could expound it more clearly for all to hear. And maybe God will let me do it. But understand this. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need him. That's the first part. And then the whole world in this book is for you to understand. Father, again, thank you for the opportunity to declare thy word, and I pray that the things that were given today might be for your honor and glory. Help us, dear Father, to know your truth. Help us, dear Father, to walk in faithfulness before you. In Christ we pray. Amen. Brother Randy, I'll turn the services over to you.